stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I think everyone agrees that it was a glaring omission in the federal budget earlier this year. The question of Canada's competitiveness, that with all of the warnings about our deteriorating position for the federal budget to ignore the issue altogether, was was quite shocking. Uh, The government itself even now seems to realize that that was an oversight. And so competitiveness is a word that shows up many times in the fall fiscal update. But what are we doing to address our competitiveness? Now, the U.S., of course, uh, brought in a suite of tax reform, and that included a reduction in the corporate tax rate, uh, as well as some of the changes. Federal government has decided that we are not going to lower our corporate tax rate or to engage in any kind of uh, tax overhaul. Uh, but they are bringing in changes that they say lower the marginal effective tax rate. That we are following the U.S. lead, for example, on these temporary tax cuts or tax credits, rather, allowing companies, for example, to write off new equipment purchases immediately and other tax breaks uh, in the first year of, of new equipment acquisition. Now, there's concern in Alberta whether that's going to help the oil patch at all because, of course, uh, this is not exactly the environment in which companies are inclined to make those sorts of large purchases. And there's really nothing else here to, to address what the oil patch is going through. But does this enhance in any significant way our competitiveness? Well, one of the experts who's been warning about this for some time is Dr. Jack Mintz, who is President's Fellow at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. And he joins us on the line here this afternoon. Dr. Mintz, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Um, so in terms of the government's focus, this was non-existent in the federal budget earlier this year. Are they acknowledging the problem now, do you think? Well, I guess they're partially <laughs> acknowledging it. They, it's almost a uh, you know the, the reluctant bride, <laughs> yeah. who's uh, you know who's not sure they really wanted to do this, but they uh, they uh, I think finally got you know in terms of all the pressure that was put on by the business community, and, and maybe they started seeing you know uh, some of the data where there has been investment uh, or at least a slow bleed uh, right now from Canada. Um, but certainly, you have this booming U.S. economy. They had, uh, at least in the first half a year, the U.S. had phenomenal investment um, um, uh, record. Uh, it slowed down in the third. We'll see what happens in the fourth a bit, because there's other things, of course, that affect investment. Uh, but certainly, you know, the tax reform has has had uh, significant impact. But I think the bigger the bigger issue facing Canada is just, you know, when you look at the U.S. tax reform. You know, uh, you know, it's um, it's taken away the one very big significant advantage that Canada had, uh, you know, for companies to set up in uh, in Canada rather than uh, United States to be in the North American market. Uh, and with that gone, now all our glaring disadvantages are still there, and including, as we've seen for the oil patch, the regulatory issues, uh, the pipeline issues are just. You know, just swamp anything that you can do in taxation right now to to help the oil industry. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, in terms of what we do see in in the fiscal update and these uh, these these tax credits, what what do you expect the impact of that to be? Well, I think you know the um, the, the accelerated depreciation that's been brought in the economic update it, it will provide, I think, some uh, positive. Um, uh, you know some positive change. Uh, the um, 
uh, in the sense that uh, in, you know help I think some companies decide uh, you know the, to make investments that they might not have otherwise made. We'll see have to see how much impact there is. And, and again, we have to remember that you know taxes aren't the only variable that affects investments. So mm-hmm. you know the climate has to be good for people to want to invite to invest uh, in the first place. Um, so I think there will be some positive impact associated with it. I think what worries me, and this is from a tax policy perspective, is I prefer a business tax system where the government is out of the boardrooms of the nation and doesn't try to pick winners and losers. And there is a bit of with picking winners and losers with this package. You know, manufacturing and clean energy uh, get a bigger break, and, and we're going to be evaluating uh, very soon the, you know, the package in terms of what it does to, you know. Uh, the impact on, you know, tax burdens across industries and things like that and see whether there's now more more variation or less variation as a result uh, of this. And uh, and that's going to be of uh, considerable interest to us to see whether this is making a better corporate tax system or worse. And the other, and the other concern I have is that, you know, there are a number of companies that actually don't pay taxes. You know, they're carrying losses from, let's say, recessions or like in the energy sector, you know, from the downturn in the economy, um, and you know when they start, in, if they do start to invest, um, uh, they, um, you know, they they can't really these incentives really don't impact on them, but it adds to their losses because usually when you're making investment expenditure, it's much more than your profits at that point, and that starts creating a more unstable corporate tax system as we saw in the 1970s. When was the last time when we had you know kind of like. Uh, accelerated depreciation, investment tax credits, and all these things that were put in the system to uh, help this industry versus another industry and things like that. And it uh, it created a you know a, a lot of tax planning and 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 uh, you know for example all of a sudden bank profit tax rates dropped like a stone because you know people figured out how to get losses out of a company and transfer them to banks and uh, and so then. Department of Finance had to develop new rules, new complex uh, uh, type provisions to try to prevent all this tax planning. So, yeah. that, you know, that's why I really, you know, we've actually done a pretty good job since 1980, going back to 1985 with corporate tax reform in this country over many years. And, you know, the system wasn't perfect, but it's certainly much better today than it was, you know, uh, going back to the 1985. So, like you say, we've seen this kind of tinkering before. We've good, got a good idea about the, the limited uh, benefit from it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, the trouble is that, you know, governments, you know, and this is why I don't like about the precedent of this package, the governments love to play around with taxes and other public policies to help some industries over others. And they start picking winners from losers. And as I often say, you know, losers like uh, to pick governments because, you know, they're not doing well and they want to get support from the government. And uh, and so that's, um, you know, I think, you know, I, that's why I much prefer a tax system that's very simple as possible, fair uh, in the sense of all industries bearing the same burden of tax and, uh, and, and also uh, uh, less distortive in the sense that the government isn't trying to, you know, shift the allocation of capital from, you know, more uh, more profitable type activities to less profitable ones. What would you have preferred to have seen then? I, I would have preferred uh, a rate cut, partly in response to, as well. I mean, I, you know, I, 
you know, they could do the accelerated depreciation, but frankly, I, I don't think it was me, uh, was the best way to go. I would have preferred a rate cut because it, it would have helped deal with some other issues involved with U.S. tax reform. An important one is that uh, the U.S. tax reform could potentially lead to corporate tax um, uh, base erosion in Canada because companies that are operating on both sides of the border are going to shift their costs out of the United States into Canada. And I would have preferred some changes that would protect their tax base in Canada, but also cutting the rates, I think, would have been good for both investment uh, as, a, as, well as, um, as well as dealing with base erosion. And, and so that's why, I, you know, I feel this was you know, kind of the wrong course. Now, if the government had done this and then said, OK, oh, we're going to announce a, a panel that will, you know, report after the next election, because it is hard to do tax reform before elections. Uh, but if the government had done that, then you know I would I, I would have thought that would have been good, uh, and and then we would have had you know uh, a period of reflective time, but also the government could have then put together a, a package next year of some carbon tax changes that you know would at least you know dealt with the U.S. reform better than what this is doing. Right. So it's not as simple then as saying okay the rates uh, the federal rates fifteen it's now going to be twelve and now we're done. No, no, I think we have to do some uh, uh, look at some of the other aspects of the system, including some base broadening type things, which uh, probably the most important one is to look at uh, the treatment of um, tax losses and interest rate deductions in, in Canada. The U.S. put some limits on that, and that's actually one of the reasons why companies operating in the U.S. are going to try to push some of their costs out of the U.S. because they're, they won't be able to write off interest as easily. And, interest expense from their tax base. And so, uh, you know, you get to see a multinational, you know, they can bring dividends back home tax-free from around the world. They've got $2.5 trillion of money sitting abroad, and uh, and they can use some of that money or bring some back and pay down their debt and then just leverage up their foreign subsidiaries. And, and uh, I think we're going to see some of the U.S. companies doing that. In fact, they're now sitting down and really deciding how they want to you know, exactly restructure things in, in the United States. And, and this sometimes takes time. Or, you know, reform in the U.S. is only, you know, 10 months old, and, uh, you know, we're in our 11th month. And, um, and I think a lot of people are slowly looking at that. Uh, anyway. What are your concerns about the U.S., though, going forward? I mean, obviously, they, they've chosen to focus on tax reform, uh, the expense of, of anything, uh, you know, remotely close to a balanced budget. We're seeing very large deficits in the U.S. Uh, maybe the effects of some of these tariffs starting to catch up, uh, leading to increased costs for businesses. Are, are there some concerning signs on the horizon for the U.S., as you see? Yeah, no, I think so. I, I think, you know, the fiscal deficit, I think, is, a, is, is going to be a huge problem in the United States over the next number of years, and, and especially since, you know, most people would say we're going to get hit by a recession at some point worldwide. And uh, there's a real feeling that even a mild recession uh, could have a big impact. But the U.S. has so many unfunded health care liabilities and unfunded uh, Social Security liabilities, as well as, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a debt, you know, a public debt, uh, you know, over you know, $20 trillion that, you know, uh, and, and at the same time, you have a Congress now that's even more, uh, let's say, at loggerheads, you know, yeah. the House controlled by the Democrats and the Rep- Republicans uh, controlling the Senate. And uh, they can, they seem to be able to agree 
on increasing spending. I don't think they'll agree on cutting taxes, uh, but um, but you know, in terms of budget making, they just don't seem to care that much about the deficit, and uh, and they're going to be pretty deadlocked, I think, over the next couple of years. So I think you know the big issue is there's going to be some point where government's going to start in the U.S. taking seriously uh, at the federal level uh, their their very significant fiscal issues and and uh, try to get to a more balanced. Uh, Budget. I mean, whether they'll—I don't think they'll ever get to a fully balanced budget, but certainly getting the deficit down. Uh, but to accommodate, I think these very significant problems they have in funding Social Security and healthcare in the United States. So uh, you know, it's you know that you know with that kind of large deficits that are being anticipated now in the next number of years in the United States, uh, especially if there's a if there's a recession, you know that eventually puts more pressure on interest rates and things like that. So. So that, that, I look at that as a very significant headwind for the U.S. On the other hand, the U.S. I think is going to go through a very significant productivity boom over the next year, several years, um, as they, um, you know, adopt all these new technologies and artificial intelligence and things like that. I mean, you know, you look at their technology companies. You know, the ones we call, you know, we think of today like Amazon and Facebook and Google and others. I mean, these were small companies. 20 years ago, yeah. and now they're huge, uh, massive companies and making a lot of money and uh, investing you know, in, a, in a lot of innovative things and, and things like that, which is crazy. It's a bit of a concern for me vis-a-vis Canada, whether we're going to be you know, left in the dust or, or whether we're going to be having access to all this new technology that's going to be developing. Very interesting uh, insight. Uh, as always, more at policyschool.ca. Uh, Jack Mintz, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, that is Jack Mintz, President's Fellow at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. So a little underwhelmed by what he saw this week in a fiscal update that was supposed to address the issue of competitiveness. Uh, a lot of missed opportunities. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.